What up, guys? Coach Jimmy here with Tech Talk. Today, I have my boy Josh T. Oh, this is weird to be on a different one. Hey! <laughs> I like this. We got Bam and Trevi Trev. So, this is your camera, Josh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And oh, so, what usually, so, usually what we do... We just is, get really drunk on I, mine. There you go. I need to start doing that. Maybe people will watch it. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll look at Bam. You look at Trevor. Like, we kind of, like, stay in this vicinity because they cross. I think eventually one day I'm going to, like, have something coming from the yeah. center. You need to look at those new Logitech ones. I just ordered them for Christmas. Logitech's got a deal right now, and instead of you having to have uh, – I guess you've got, like, the – whatever board did you switch cameras, right? Yeah. Okay, this you don't have to. is voice activated. Oh, I've seen those. There's voice activated, so it's just like having Zoom, but it's, like, 4K. It's good, dude. I've seen it's them. It's good. Um, they, got the, they also got the Owl. Have you seen the I owl? Seen the owl. Oh, the owl is awesome. You were telling me about the owl. Yeah, the owl is so cool. It like it looks at you. It's the owl that sits on the table and it like looks at. No, I eat, I eat edibles. <laughs> and I, I do not need a camera. Like I already think everything's looking at me anyway. You got fifteen Ninja Turtles in here right now. I picture Josh doing like a. Burt Kreischer's dad, like who in that owl? Who? <laughs> oh my God! I forget. I forget. Other people know who Burt is too. He's coming to make it in February. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, <laughs> not, I, I sent that shit to Taylor and was like, I want to go, and she's like, Who is that? And I'm like, Man, she's no, no, not we'll, gonna enjoy no, we'll, it. Go. we'll all get tickets together. Yeah, we'll all, I want to go with people that know him. But did y'all see the video like he did last year of him dancing in his underwear? No. no. Okay, so he did a video last year. Him and Tom Segura, who they've got the podcast together with, right? Yeah. Uh, they did this video last year of, like, Bert, he rips off a pair of breakaway pants. He's just in, like, a Speedo <laughs> doing this dance or whatever, and it is hilarious. But Tom Segura was like, I can one-up that. I can one-up it. And Bert, for the past years, like, no, hell, you can't. He just came out with his, like, in the past two or three weeks, his video it's the best shit I've ever seen in my life. What did he do? Oh my god, I can't even remember what song it is, but it is it is amazing. It's uh, you just have to you just have to look up Tom Segura's video. I mean, it is dude, it's I, epic. I have to look. It, it is up. it is completely creepy. I, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Dude, I, I wanted you on. You helped me with this podcast. We started doing it a little bit different since I talked to you. Yeah. So um, I, I want I've been wanting to have you on, especially after yesterday and like Bam texted me. I was like, oh. That'll be great for the question because every time somebody comes on, we ask them, have you ever been in a real fight and what's your favorite, most memorable one? Can you explain it to us? Like you're there. Like oh. we're there. Like, like, yeah, but I y'all wanna... do like real fight. And I just get drunk and no, hit no. people on that. Real this, fight this, this is for everybody. Yeah. This is yeah. like one person told their story about when they were like six and his brother, like this kid's brother beat him up. Yeah. So he like, he waited and then he went and beat up his little brother. Because his big brother beat him up. So the story I told was uh you palming someone at Crazy Bull and then the guy moving out the way and Chris hitting me. Yeah, that's that was a bad night. Yeah, that's the story I told. Uh I I'll say this before I tell the story to answer your question. First off, I don't condone people acting the way I act. <laughs> uh I feel sorry usually the next day about this. because uh, I try not to be that violent person I used to be. It's been a very long time. Not that long. It's been. It, I've not had that build up aggression in me for a certain person for a long time. Every other time, it's just been like an accident. Like you talk shit or whatever. Uh, I really, really live by the standard. If you show me respect, I'm gonna show you respect. Right. I don't care how different we are in this world. 
But the second you think that you are uh, better than me, or you're just going to run your mouth, I have no respect for people to just run their mouths. Well, that's something I've always respected you about. Like ever since uh, we reconnected, you know, a few years ago, is there's no like just run your mouth. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Like you're you'll back it up. Well, that's like, not what men used to be. I, like nowadays, yeah. it's just people they have behind a computer screen. They're and, keyboard gangsters. Yeah. So uh, cell phone game. Lee Tucker. CPG. Lee Tucker's got a, a song that just came out. It's uh and the whole thing is like the, the main line in it is don't let Facebook get your ass whooped. And it, <laughs> and it's people that literally just they don't know what it's like to back that shit up anymore. Win or lose. Win right. win or lose. Stand up for what you believe in. And if it's gonna come to where you're gonna talk shit about another grown man, yeah, wild west that shit. You're not, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. Yes. I, I agree. I think that, like, Florida and then, uh, what is it, San Francisco has a mutual combat There's law. There's a lot of states now. Yeah, and I think I love it. I love the idea of having maybe, a, a like, a police officer with, like, a, a ambulance driver or something, like, a, what are those, medic or whatever, yeah. have them present, cool. throw hands at the end of it. You stand up and shake each other's well, hands and funny, call it a day. It's funny you bring up the mutual combat law. You know what just happened in Chicago, like, in the past month. No, I did not. All right, so you know, like, all these states defund the police and all this type of shit, right? Well, Chicago's one of the big ones. Yeah. They just had, a like, a gang fight at some street in Chicago. 72 shots got fired, but it was, like, rival gangs. Instead of locking anybody up, they said it was mutual combat. They're finna start letting people take each other out. I mean, people started the bullshit. Like, cops are fixing, like, you don't want to you, you defund us and all this kind of stuff. We'll just call mutual combat. Kill a motherfucker. I'm, cool. I'm honestly, I'm kind of cool with it. I mean, if, if that's what it comes down to, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to go so far as a wild, wild west, but if people want to throw hands and mutual combat it that way, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I would rather it be. Yeah, I'm yeah. not cool with, like, I understand, like, where the police coming from, you know, like, well, you don't want to back yeah. us, like, y'all well, on your own, but also, I don't want them, you know, while like stray bullets, you know, take out yeah, some well, innocent kid. You you think about it here. We have a lot of a lot of kids that get bullied, right? Right. There's a lot of people that just bully people. If it gets to the point where they can just say mutual combat and have people there and like they're they're killing each other, how many people do you think will be bullied into accepting mutual combat in order to give up some their some of their rights, like their property or their business or whatever because people like um that are really good at it really good and tactical really good at fighting they'll run the fucking world absolutely if that, if that comes that's almost the way it. i'd rather it fucking be though uh i mean that's where like you know you asked me the question about like some of the fights i've been in i don't like seeing people get bullied i legit like that's my thing uh i tell a story all the time about uh zach cook y'all probably know zach Growing up, I was not very nice to Zach. I was kind of a dickhead to Zach. I had to apologize to him four or five years ago, something like that, and say I was a very insecure person. I was taking out my problems on somebody else. I was not the person I wanted to be. I was probably fucking miserable as a child. And uh, I picked on him some for, like, his weight and everything. And me and Zach are fucking cool now. Like, he was like, I respect that so much. And there's another kid we went to school. You remember Josh Holt? Yeah. I did the same thing to that little bitch. You told me this one because you said you messaged him. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I felt horrible about it. And that's where this fight the other night came from is this guy used to pick on people. He literally used to bully people. Uh, and a couple months ago, 
me and Cobb was over at a party. And when we left, like Cobb and me were talking on the way back home, and you could tell like something was kind of bothering him. And he, you could tell, like, even though Cobb has done all this shit, it still bothered him that that person was like, he remembered it. Like, he, he remembered yeah. the fucking trauma. So the next time I was around this person, I was like, this is what you used to do to us. I just want an apology. That's all I want. We can end it right here. Just say you're sorry. And his fucking words were, I'm not going to apologize for something I don't remember doing. So then my brain is fucked up as it is. I'm like, you cause trauma to people for the rest of their lives or for a long period of time until they get a grip on it. And you're telling me that you don't even remember doing it. So he just is like, it was a game to him. It meant fucking nothing to him, the way he treated people. And all he had to do is say, sorry, but he kept being a smart ass about it. So I let it go that way. I didn't let it go. They wouldn't let me get a hold of him then. And then Saturday night, he was running his mouth to good people. Yeah, walk us through that whole thing. Like, what happened from your point of view? Like, the whole, uh, like, understand you, people just gonna, walk up to you and said, hey, he's talking shit, and then Josh went ham and, like, split his head. Uh, like, under, what happened? Understand, some things are going to be fuzzy because uh, I got <laughs> very shitty watching Georgia lose. <laughs> I got very intoxicated watching Georgia lose. Um, we got invited to a party, uh, and I don't ever go to house parties anymore. Never. Cause it always seemed like something bad happens when I go and, um, we get there and some people are adding a certain type of way to me. Cause I ain't been around in a while. They're being very nice. I put it that way. Like they were just, Hey, how's life now? What do you do? Like all, all the questions I get asked when I, when I go places and, uh, super nice people. Well, this person just literally kept eyeballing me. And then his wife came up, gave me a hug. She was extremely sweet. That's the worst part of all this. I feel horrible like how I made his wife feel. I, I, I feel so bad about it. Um, but shit happens. And he just kept on. He kept staring at me. And I don't care about the staring. I take the staring as a compliment, to be honest. That's never bothered me. But I was there with a couple of guys, really good guys, like legit nice guys. I would have done the same thing everybody sitting at this table, just legit nice guys everybody's got a past one of them's got some youngins or there's a situation with it i've got a situation with another daughter so i understand when things are complicated best thing you can do is you're not in that situation don't talk about it this this just don't get in the middle of it. and uh anyway uh one thing led to another the dude kept staring and one of the other guys with us that uh, i play golf with it's a real nice guy he's like dude what are you staring at like what what is your issue Dude walks over there and he kind of gets in another dude's face, the the other dad. And um, he's like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, what, what's your issue? And I was just like, thank God. This is fixing to happen. <laughs> I have been waiting on him to step. Let's step. You know, let, let's do this. So I, I, I kind of pick and chose my mom. I wanted him to be the aggressor. I wanted him to be the aggressor. So if anything ever came back, I mean, it wasn't really self-defense, but it was close enough. And uh, anyway, old dude went to go hand his beer to somebody else. And, like, he did it in an aggressive way to where, hold my beer. Like, he's finna do something. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is, you're not doing this. So when he went to go hand his beer to somebody, and by the way, the person he was handing his beer to 
was like, no, I'm not holding your beer. But he thinks like he's entitled to where somebody else is going to just, here, I'm going to do what you say. I slapped the beer out of his hand. He kind of comes at me. And when he does, all righty tidy, just went ham. Like, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like, it was just, it was one. I hit him one time. Dude went down. He like, arms kind of froze up a little bit. He caught himself right before he hit the ground. He came up and Cobb knows I am not one that wants to pumble anyway. I would rather prove a point. I would rather you be intimidated and scared of me. I don't want to hurt you, but I want you to know that if I had to, I, I, I'd rather intimidate you. I'll put it that way. I want you to be scared of me to where you respect me. Because if you respect me, then you're just going to leave me the fuck alone. You're going to know to keep my name out of your mouth at that point. Dude got back up. He got back up. He caught another one. When we caught the other one, he got the same thing. He went back to down. And somehow uh, somebody threw a beer in my face. And I just walked, I just kind of backed up because I knew this wasn't a fight at this point. Like, uh, this, it's not even fair. You know, it's not going to be. So back up, dude's leaking. Somebody, he finally gets loose. And when he gets loose, he gets up on me. And when he gets up on me, he kind of like wraps me. He does. Dude, I ain't never in my life. I ain't never even thought it was a good idea to use my head for anything besides a damn hat rack. That was that was one of the first questions I asked you when I talked to you the next day. Like, why? Because like, he had me wrapped <laughs> up. He grabbed my arms. I don't know what he thought he was fixing he to do. Yeah. yeah. And when he did, pa. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I got the little cut on my head that y'all can see. Blood's just trickling down my nose. Blood's pouring down all over his face. And uh, I thought that was it. I was like, because he goes, he backs off then. And I was like, okay, it's over with. This, I have literally done three things. Two rights and a headbutt. And every time, there's not been well for this fellow. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, that's like, you know, three strikes, you're out. Like, a normal person don't want to come back for two more strikes. And I knew, I just like, I was trying to be nice about it at this point. Even though I was riled up, he keeps staring. People are holding him back or whatever. Nobody will touch me. And it was like one of them things to where I've got blood trickling down my, my nose. I'm smiling, like looking like a linebacker, shoulder squared. And like, just come on. If you're, if you're going to continue this, then come on. Quit running your fucking mouth. And I was, went on this other side of this fire barrel and I was sitting there talking because I knew they was going to ask me to leave. So I was going to be respectful and just leave like you should do in that situation. It's not my house. I didn't want to disrespect the house owners. He comes up out of nowhere. He's like slinging. I think he slings his old lady to the ground and some more folks. I don't know. But when he did, I grabbed him by his throat and I put him on his back and I was standing over him like as he's laying on the ground. And I got, I got my arm cocked back, but he's defenseless. And at this point, like, you got people being like, no, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And then you got other people like, knock this motherfucker out. <laughs> <laughs> and I just chose not to. Like, I just, I, I, but that look he gave me, that look when that he's deal. on the ground looking up at me, he knew that I could really do something right then. And I want him to know forever. That, you know, eventually the way I look at it, I don't like being a bully. I don't like doing what I did. And I'm kind of ashamed of myself for what I did the other night because it's not, it wasn't in the right setting or anything. Like I do feel bad about it, but I feel like the only way you stop people from bullying other people is sometimes you got to be the bully. 
and that's what I had to do. Like I, I felt like now in a matter of 20 minutes, I fixed a situation that should have been fixed 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, that's, it's just how I feel. And, uh, I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's been mad at me. That's what's been crazy. Dude, if, <laughs> if this a dude that does that to a lot of people, there's probably a lot of people that are secretly happy that ha they haven't even said anything to you. Yeah. There's probably a lot of secret, like people that are just sitting there like, ha ha. You know what? The They're probably talking in well, the background too. Remember I, when I called you, I was like, guess what I woke up to? And I was just laughing. <laughs> But <laughs> like, you know what I woke up to this morning? <laughs> it made me happy when I heard the giggles from you, though. Like, you, Cobb couldn't even talk to me when I called him. Because Cobb was, a bunch of this was because of the way Cobb acted when we left that house that night. Because all I could think, it wasn't just Cobb, but it was, if Cobb felt this way, if I felt this way, and we just happened to be buddies that are, are close and feel comfortable talking about it, then how many other people did he act this way to that could wish they was giggling right now? You know, I don't, I don't, you know, an eye for an eye sometimes makes sense. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about an eye for an eye. Uh, I think that's a thing that a lot of people misconstrue about the yeah. Bible. Um, it's kind of like if it, you know, you heard this, the saying, turn the other cheek mm -hmm. and stuff. So what they're talking about is if you offend me. I turned his real close to his hey, shoulder. Hey. Oh. <laughs> but if you offend me personally, I turn the other cheek. I'm, like if it's towards me. I'll, I'll accept a lot. I'll take a lot on my shoulders before I act out. But if you do it to my village or to my people, then it's time for an eye, an eye, eye for an eye. And if you read deep into the, yeah. the, the scripture or whatever, that's actually what, what, is, what I, was meant for that. I just like but, the trashy meaning to it. I mean, in my mind, if you do something to me, I'm going to do it back to you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, nah, I try not to get too in, in depth. This, in this case, you were sticking up for... Not only Cobb and yourself, but the other people that he may have done done it to. So yeah. eye for an eye fits perfectly. Yeah, I just there's just there's just something about people that get off on that. And then what bothers me about it is when people get off on it, but they don't have the balls to back it up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like if you're gonna be that type of person, and you're going to enjoy treating other people like they're less than you then you need to back it up. You don't need to just hide behind somebody or whatever. I, I mean, y'all guys, you teach MMA here. Yeah. You teach people how to protect themselves. You teach people how to, how to fight the correct ways and all that type of way. I know that there's a difference in me doing dumb shit when I'm drunk and what y'all do. There's a huge difference. I know that if I go out here on your floor right now, people that are half my size are going to beat my ass. Without a doubt. But <laughs> if I thought that somebody down there was in the wrong, I would still stand up to them knowing I'm going to take an ass whooping because I stand by my, but stand that, by my that, shit. To me, I feel like that makes you a man. Yeah. And some people say, oh, it's toxic and this and that. No, no, no. I'll, there's several people that I know that I'm pretty sure could whoop my ass. Yeah. Because I'm in a circle of killers. I'm in a circle of professional fighters and grapplers and things like that. But if it come down to them disrespecting me mm -hmm. or my family or some of my close friends, they'd have to fight me. They would literally have to look me. They would have to square up and we would, they, we would have to fight. Me going into it knowing that I'm probably going to get my ass beat, they would still have to beat my ass. Well, I don't think there's any naked aggression after it. I think that if two 
men, grown men. The cowboys used to have this thing to where if two cowboys on the same ranch didn't like each other and they kept getting into it and kept getting into it, they would put them out in, in one of the arenas, one of the rings. They'd let them go at it to last man was standing and not just knocked out. You had to go until it's literally last man standing. Don't kill the other person. Get it completely out of your system. And I think that's what you kind of need nowadays because if not, then you're still holding on to something. I could have got my ass whooped the other night, but if I'd have got my ass whooped, he'd have known that I was standing up for myself. Right. And next time it might not go that way. What comes to mind is the movie Life. Yeah. That cornbread. That's exactly right. I've, I've watched that <laughs> twice in a week. It's one of my, it's like my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> no, you're right. You keep coming. That's what men used to do. They didn't, they didn't talk shit behind a keyboard. They didn't run their mouths all around town. That's a new concept. Uh, I don't know when it started. I don't either. I, I think uh, online gaming has amplified it a lot yeah. because it, it doesn't feel like a real person on the other side. Because like, if you don't know them, um, I have those problems. I had I had some money online when I was gaming the other day. They were clearly cheating. They were clearly like hacking the game and shit. And then they, they told me to kill myself. You suck. Kill yourself. And I'm like, you're fucking cheating. Like We was on the same team. And I could see that they were clearly cheating. It's like, you suck, clear, kill yourself. And me feeling the way that I've been feeling since I hurt my back yeah. and stuff, man, all this emotion come up in me. And I started thinking about, like, what if somebody was weaker or weaker-minded or whatever, and they were feeling the way that I was feeling, and then this person said that to them, and I went off on them. You should have. I was like, I, I told them. I was sitting in there. Taylor was in the other room. And I was like, Fuck you, bitch. Google me. I was like, here's my address. You want to meet me? Fucking send me your address. I'll show up. Let's let's do this. And they they reported me. They they left the game and fucking reported me instead of backing up what they were saying. But they was like, I'll beat your ass. You ain't no coach. Go kill yourself. You suck. This and that. And I was like, you better fucking Google me, son. And like, yeah. gave them the address. Then I was like, I was like, I told him, I was like, you're a cheating little bitch. And you want to sit on a game and talk shit to somebody, you you wouldn't back that shit up in person. Yeah. And I was mad. And I don't usually get mad at people on games and stuff because it's whatever. Usually I laugh about it. But them telling me to kill myself at that particular moment and me feeling down, I hurt my back and I can't train. And all I can do is sit around and play this game, and then you're gonna tell me some bullshit like, yeah. like I was angry. You should and have been. I, if yeah. I like, I looked that motherfucker's name up and tried to figure out if I was like one of those hackers, like uh, I got a buddy. All you got to do is give him their username, and he can tell you everything you want to know. I almost hit his ass up. I'd have been like, have been like that video where the motherfuckers like, yeah, you user, uh, da 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 da. Yeah. Just <laughs> was that Jay and Silent Ball? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's where I was at. But I don't think people make the connection that it's a fucking human being on the other side of that keyboard. Yeah, because right. it's, it's not. Because of social media and everything now, like the, the only human connection you had was face-to-face. -face. Like, yeah. that is why you knew not to talk shit to this person or to antagonize them because you're going to have to see that person. See, I like that people still operate like that because you're talking about cowboys in the same ranch. Did you see the stuff about uh, Daisy Fresh? Uh, they, no. So Daisy Fresh is a jiu-jitsu gym. Like, they train out of an old laundromat. Like, they had their own YouTube channel and stuff. Well, they had two guys in the gym that were uh, not seen eye to eye. So he let them 
Lace up in the gym and go at it. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. I didn't see it. Or I hadn't whatever. seen it, but I heard the whole story like on the yeah. jiu-jitsu threads. Like, the coach was asking on the gym, like, I don't think I'm in the wrong, but people tell him I am, and he was getting other opinions. I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. I think, if anything, uh. they come out with a better respect for each other after right. the fact, and you just get to be a fucking man. Well, you're a and fucking I, team, dude. And, like, if you got a problem on the team, you got to fix yeah. that shit. Yeah. You have to fix it. And if I'm trying to be alpha, and then you're trying to be alpha, and then you're trying to be alpha, and then you're trying to be alpha, and we're all, like, fighting for that pecking order, yeah. then that there's constant going to be constant, like, pulling at each other. Yeah. You can't serve two masters, so no, to speak. No, you're right. So, like, when you got somebody that's, like, acting alpha, and then the other person who probably really is alpha... Then it's gonna be like, hey, fucking stop. Well, alphas usually don't have to ever say they're the alpha. Right. You always got people wanting to try them to see if they're now. Alphas usually just go about their shit not concerned. Like, I don't think I'm an alpha. I don't. Like Alpha, I see y'all motherfuckers in here like choking you, people you, out. You have alpha personality. But you do. Well, but you I just command I, respect and you're like, fuck you, fuck But your I give respect. You do. But I, you still yeah. carry yourself like your shoulders back. Yeah head up and you're like i'm a man you're gonna have to beat my ass yeah. right yeah that's that i don't like saying the term alpha but that See, i is, don't either I, I, yeah. I don't like it either but that yeah. you you are technically an alpha yeah. the way you command respect in your circle you do things the way that you think they should be done and then if you find a better way or whatever you start doing it that way yeah. that's alpha mentality that's alpha yeah. characteristics um People tell me, like, oh, you're alpha. I don't see it because I bow down a lot. Yeah. I bite my tongue a lot. I, I, I over, like, compensate on the other end of trying to be nice so much that, like, I started feeling like I'm a little bitch sometimes yeah. because I'm like, man, I ought to just show these motherfuckers it, what's up sometimes. But you, but you do, when the time comes, like, what just happened to you at the store? Someone bumped into you. You just... Yeah, he did one of your moves. He's the palm is mine. That's it. Yeah, it's copyrighted. You can't, copyrighted. You, can't, you can't do the you can't do the palm. It, no, well he the way he did it like it was a slap palm. I, uh, I but see I didn't somebody didn't just bump into me. You got to tell the whole thing. He made it sound like somebody just walked by me and bumped me, and I was like, bitch. No, it's not what happened. <laughs> I just it's heard my butterfinger motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what actually happened was I, there was a long line and I was in in front of the door and I had my back to the door. I just hurt my back too. I like literally off the walker for like two days. And this guy just come by and just shoved me and said, Bitch, you seen me coming in the store? Like that. I don't remember what he said, but it was something to that effect. And I was like, huh? And that's when I mushed him, slapped him. It was a slap, but it was a slap push. You know what the coolest fucking thing in this world to do slap is? Slap somebody in the ear. Is the, no, no, it's the, <laughs> it's the open hand, whether it's a slap or just an aggressive, get the fuck out my way. Because if you can do that type of damage and get their attention with a open hand, then they know, you know what, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just, cause if he balls his fist up, he's liable to hurt me. Dude, I got my job doing environmental work that way. I, I, slapped, a I slapped a motherfucker in his ear so hard. What he forestry just, apartment did you work for? He just <laughs> sat down. He said he went and just went to blinking like that. Yeah. He didn't say another motherfucker. And he was yelling, burr, 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 yelling. I was like, dude, chill. 
burr, 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 and he bowed like he was like trying to be intimidating yeah. and i was sitting down so i got scared <laughs> he scared me i slapped the piss out of him like open hand he sat down and just went to blinking and then i got his job oh. <laughs> yeah uh, you, you said something a while ago they like one thing that I, I feel like I got to say this because it happened after the fight. After, like, I got home or after I got to the studio, there was this moment to where I felt really bad about what I did. I was going to ask I you. I felt really, really bad about it. So I even messaged his wife. I wasn't messaging him. But I messaged. <laughs> I, I got mad because I beat his ass, so I started texting his wife. No, no, like, what? hey, girl. It's, what's it, the wasn't, it wasn't quite that bad. It wasn't quite that bad. But I, I, <laughs> I, I messaged him, and I was like, I'm very sorry. That was not the way to. I should have handled the situation. Please tell him I'm even sorry. Like, yes, that's not me. I don't want to be that person anymore. And I think that that takes – it, I felt bad. I felt like a, a little bitch about it at the time, but I, it was on my heart, and I was like, "If if I'm really not this person anymore, I have to say this. I have to apologize. I do. I do feel sorry about. It. That's not the way it should have been handled, especially at somebody else's house." Well, I was about to say, like, even though you felt like that after the fact, like, because uh, when we left that party and all, you talking about like you could tell like I was down, like you were the same way, because. He did the both of us, you know, yeah, like middle school stuff. Shit, so you felt the same way, like you were down. It was bothering you, and to get this finally off your chest, like to get this weight off your shoulders, to have done something about it, you had to feel. I, you said you felt bad, but you had to feel kind of good, I, like a relief, well, kind of too, right? Well, I, I felt. I think what made me feel good is the fact that I don't think he'll ever do it again. Question: Do you think you would have been able to do what you done at that party? in school i think i've been too scared of it but do you think it would have turned out the same way if you stood up to him uh so i'm 230 pounds now completely out of shape back then i was 190 could bench press 300 pounds squat 600 deadlift about the same way better shape think i would have took it too far but i think it would have been the same results all right so i run a bulletproof program yeah. here and i teach my kids to stand up for themselves i've actually had calls from the school because they said that my kids were becoming bullies because they were standing they started standing up for themselves yeah like they see it as my kids acting out but what's happening is is my kids are telling hey this is going on then my kids are handling it. Uh, we had one kid like head and arm throw his bully and like it was it was bad. Yeah. But <laughs> and he got labeled as like a troublemaker or whatever through the school. But I think that like telling the kids to go ahead and stand up now instead of carrying all that shit for 20 years is a lot better if you can give them the courage to say, hey, stop it. What, yeah. are, you, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's bullying when you bully the bully. Yeah, I don't need. I, I don't think it's bullying. <laughs> I think I don't. I think, and if the school would do what the fuck they're supposed to, it wouldn't be happening in the first place. So then, what you leave up to that child is one: you got to take it, and you got to be mentally and physically abused because the school just labels it as whatever. Well, it's like uh, my daughter; she was getting bullied really bad. She's like she is real pretty, like yeah. my, and she was getting bullied by the other girls and stuff, and they were pulling her hair and doing all this other stuff. And my daughter, it's trained. She's trained, but she didn't want to do anything.
because she was going to get in trouble and get put on probation and put in all these other programs like diagnose other shit too. Yeah. If she stood up for herself. And, um, uh, anyway, we got to turn that off. That was loud. The, well, the Rio link, turn the Rio link off. What was that? That's going to be through our, that's going to be picked up on our OBS the whole time. Them training. Them training. Oh. Is them training. Uh, you want me to just close it out? Yeah, just close it out. Yeah. And we clap when we break. Well, the oh, okay. video cameras was on the on the computer, and it's going to be picked up through through our okay. podcast. So you'll hear some some of them yeah. teaching and coaching on the podcast. But you'll be able That'd to turn cool. that down, won't you? No, it's already there now. It'll be all right. It'll be fun. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh but the the point was is that like when she was she has perfect attendance she graduated yeah. she graduated her senior year and never missed a day of school that's cool not one day and she was she never wanted to stand up to her bullies because she was scared that she was gonna miss a day of school and miss mess up her her perfect record because that shit mattered to her and um so we we got her suspended off the bus instead. Cause that's where she she did it at. Yeah. But the point was, is like I felt like it has to be done, even if there's somebody in the the school steps in and does something, they're just gonna. To me, it's gonna. Or you're still a bitch. You just went and told. And now when you're seeing them outside of school, or you're seeing them when there's not a uh, uh, a figure around, that behavior is going to continue. My opinion. What do you think? Uh, I think you step to them. I think 100% you stepped to him just for the simple fact that, like, we, we already said it. That was a scar that's been on me for 20 years. If I would have addressed it back then, I might have not had the hatred that I had for this person. I might not have went through the mental fucking just bullshit. Might not have thought for the longest time, like, because once somebody starts messing with your insecurities and they start poking at that stuff, it's a wound that never heals. And it's, I don't think mine healed until the other night. So, like these kids, yeah, you might miss some school, you might get suspended or whatever, but it's it, it it's not trying to cover up a bullet hole with a band aid when you get older in life. It is legit. You just addressing the situation and being done with it. And if you don't, then you don't know. And as far as seeing them out, I guarantee you, any kids listen to this, parents, if your kid steps to that bully and addresses them in school. They're not messing with you outside of school because that bully is probably thankful. Thankful that there's a teacher or somebody around because they're probably more scared of you than you realize. They're probably intimidated by you. And the second you step to them, I don't know, they're, they're going to they're gonna be softer than wet cupcakes. They, they are gonna, they're going to be puppy piss. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. In, in my opinion, now I ain't trying to get no kids fighting shit, but if you got somebody that is traumatizing you and just will not leave you alone, worst thing it's going to do, she's going to get your ass whooped. But hopefully even you getting your ass whooped, knows, that person knows I got respect for you now. They're not stepped. going to want to have to do it again. Yes, that's that's the point. Like They're not going to want to. Yeah. I, I'll never, ever, the rest of my life, anytime I've ever addressed any situations like this, so I don't think this is the only one. It, this is the most recent one. <laughs> but the, And this was like the roughest one for me because I knew it wasn't just me. I knew it was other people, and I knew it was other people I cared about. So this was like the biggest one for me by far. And But I'll never, ever have to address it again, though. 
I'll never have to worry about being intimidated by this or thinking by anyone. Yeah. Well, anybody there. Well, you know, just anyone. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. I, I truly feel this way. I feel like once you realize that you have a voice and that like you start carrying yourself with that that certain mentality, I feel like even when people try to to lower you or or treat you that way, you go ahead and nip it in the butt right yeah. then. And you don't have that problem. Yeah. What happens is, is people become targets because they allowed a certain behavior. And I'm a firm believer. We teach it to our kids here. The whole time that you're around people, the things that you allow them to get away with, you're teaching them how to treat you. Exactly. So when you're around somebody, you're teaching them how to treat you. And if you allow your best friend to come in your house and eat all your food every week, in three years, when he keeps eating all your food, you can't get mad and yell at him. You taught him that that was okay. You're you, setting the precedent. Yeah, you you set that, and you you cannot, you can't get mad at him. No. Like you should have said, if that shit bothers you, you should have said something the first time he come in and ate up all your food or whatever. So, and we teach our kids that, like you're building your life right now with the decisions that you make daily. If you're making shitty ass decision to to eat all the cupcakes in the damn pantry and and uh, and then just sit around and play video games all day, well, your decisions are going to affect your future. You're yeah. going to be a fat ass, right? Oh no, I was there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, we cop. Yeah. <laughs> so, but your decisions, no, your right. daily decisions, put you there. And we're teaching these kids, like, the decisions that you make every single day is building your future. So if you want respect, you got to start giving other people respect, and then you start demanding that same respect for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I think that— Well, then you start respecting yourself, too, more. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big point that a lot of people miss with that, is, you know what? I might feel a little ashamed and don't think I handle stuff well other than not. But I respect myself because I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but I knew that I just could not deal with it anymore. And now that I know it's been addressed, I'm I'm ashamed because, like I said, wrong place, wrong time. But I respect myself more because I finally was like, I'm not letting another one of my demons get the best of me. Dude, I'm going to be honest. Like I pro I, I got to give you props. I probably would have handled it exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe I'm a fighter at heart, so – like I, that's the, I believe that violence does answer problems. Not all problems. I don't think that's the only well, violence answer violent problems. Yeah. I think that sometimes violence is the answer. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And uh, Jordan Peterson talks about it in two different, two different ways. One of them, he's like, um, you know, a harmless person. And what was it? What's the saying that he says? Uh, uh, Put me on the spot. Yeah, I put him on the spot. He said, basically, he says that a person, a person that's harmless, they're not that. What's the word where you're, you're, you're not, you're humble, not beating people up. I did this last time. Um, I don't like, know. I just go by Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, walk, walk or walk softly and carry a big stick. Yes. Yeah, but but the way he said it is so much better to me because he said that you are not harm. Uh, he's like, if you're a harmless, if you can't hurt people, then you're not whatever that fucking word is. Like, uh, like if I was just nice to everybody all the time, yeah, humble, not humble. Like I'm not nice to everybody all the time. So I don't fucking need anyway, that word's probably not even in my if vocabulary. You're, if you're not, if you're harmless, then you're, then you're not that word. 
you're but if you but if you are like capable of great violence okay. uh yeah a harmless man is not a good man a good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control and he, he says it a different way too but yes that's the same thing you need and, to uh i need you to send that to me because when i do the podcast later i'm going to include that quote i'm going to steal that from you guys no it's great <laughs> yeah i but, love that quote but that i do i love it and then i love the other one is be a monster he says you need to be a monster fuck everybody's feelings he's like you show up and you try to be the best at whatever it is that you want to be yeah. and if somebody has a problem with that fuck them That's, like, yeah. uh, that, uh, ranger up they had another saying that was similar to that what's that I, I gotta look it up uh, i just remember seeing it because uh tim kennedy had it on a shirt yeah yeah that's well, literally how i live like the past i can't tell you bearded bastard started like six years ago that's when i really started getting my confidence back but like the past three or four years i just really really started to understand that if i just walked into any situation and i just did not give a fuck how the outcome was going to be or what i was gonna catch if i was gonna catch feelings if i was gonna catch bows if i was gonna catch a shot to the face whatever it would be i realized that if i don't go in there with my full amount of confidence and act like a fucking monster then somebody's gonna be the monster in that room i want to be the fucking monster in the room see i have a i have a problem um like i feel like in my regular everyday life around uh normal people i'm just kidding but like around my normal circle and stuff I feel like I get to be who I am. Yeah. But when I'm around my coaches and their circles and stuff like that, I take a step back and I'm because I'm trying to be respectful. Yeah. And I find that I come off very like un uh like like sincere. Yeah. Like I, I apologetic. Yeah, like I come I come across like I'm is like I'm very uncomfortable yeah. and things like that. So I have struggled really, really hard with what they call uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, I struggled really hard with that because I grew up hard. A yeah. lot of people don't know how I grew up or, or like the things I dealt with. A lot of my own family don't even realize the things that I had to deal with that I protected them from. And they act like everything's just honky-dory, blah, blah, blah. And that's the reason I am who I am. It's the reason I'm a fighter. And when you, when you sit here and you, you try to, to say, oh, I did this or I did that or, and people don't know your past or what you come from or like, and they just don't fucking have a clue who you are. And then you're in a room with other people that are like monsters. Like I, I'm in yeah. a room, of, I'm in a room with like everybody in that room is a trained fucking killer. And that's probably where you feel the most fucking comfortable at, right? And I'm I'm sitting well, I'm sitting around these people and then that's when I start feeling more and more like like an imposter. Like the, in that room, these are my friends and these are the guys I love being around and I love talking and learning from and doing all that stuff. But these are also the guys that make me feel like less than. Yeah. And I and it's because I'm trying to be coach jimmy and i am coach jimmy like everybody in my school everybody at my any school i go to i'm one of the best in the fucking room i promise yeah. and that sounds very arrogant i've been doing it's this not, for 20 i've been doing this for 20 years I've, i'm one of the best in the room it does not matter who i'm around what room i'm in i'm one of the best and i feel that way wholeheartedly through and through 
but I still start feeling that shit rise up in me. And I think it's from all the insecurities as a kid and all that shit beat into me. Like, you're a barnet, nobody's there, the world's going to beat you up, you're never going to amount to anything. You're, like, you're, my life didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter. I didn't give a fuck about Jimmy my life. Jimmy life matters. But when I was a kid, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about my life. Yeah. I didn't care about it. That's why I was fighting the people that I was fighting. That's why I was doing the things that I was doing. I didn't give a fuck about it. I didn't care about my life. And a couple of men come in and change that. And now I'm struggling with that is because now I'm the last couple of years, maybe 10, I've been trying to grow and be something different. And then the people that knew me back then, they don't they don't like it when you're trying to be someone else. Bro, I'll go ahead and tell you. The people that hate you the most are the people that wanted to see you fail and they know you're not failing. The people that there is people in this town in Eastman where I'm from that will talk out of both sides of their mouth to me. They'll sit here and they'll be like, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know, the show's doing great. You're on studio and all this stuff, but we love what you do. Then the next thing you hear from them the next day is like, that piece of shit ain't going to make it. Like, he's he's from Eastman. Like, he's not anything. And then, because I am a cocky bastard now. I, I'm, I'm very confident in myself. If people want to see this cockiness or arrogance, I don't care. I am confident in me now. I know that when I walk into a room, I'm not trying to be uh, – Weird when I say this, this will be one of your better podcasts because I know that when I come in this room, I'm going to make you better, you better, and we're all going to get better together. And that's what the fuck I want. I know that I'm good at this. So people around here, they don't understand it and they don't understand dreamers. They don't understand people who don't want to just work a nine to five people that want to build something. I want a fucking legacy. I want to do things my way. And I want to do them the right way. I want to help people grow. That's why I had y'all in the studio in the first place. I'm not, if your show was bigger than mine, I would not be intimidated whatsoever. If, if mine's bigger than yours, I don't want you to be intimidated. I want us to work together, everybody to grow and become something together. There's too many people where we're fucking from that they don't realize how big of the piece of pie of happiness of life is. Yeah. They think that they have to get their piece and then they have to get it all. Like you don't, you don't deserve to be happy. They want all the fucking happiness. You cannot define another person's happiness. No. And everybody where we're from, and every small town across America, they don't want to see you succeed. That is why my business is not in my hometown. That is that is why I hardly ever come back here. I only come back here to see Cobb. Uh, to, to see some of my other family, the Wiggins and Holders. Uh, I'll come see you now because I like you. Now, I mean, you's buddies. But besides that, I have no reason. This place is behind me. I love this place. I'm grateful for this place. But my mindset is no longer what these small, small-minded people cannot see the big picture, no fucking matter what. I legitimately got into an argument my Thanksgiving day with my family because of that right there, the small mindedness, they, they don't see, they don't have a growth mindset. They're closed minded. I'm, I'm a firm believer that you hate doesn't hate never comes from the top. Most of no. the time, most of the time successful people are looking down and they're seeing, if they seeing somebody try, if they see somebody that's trying, they reach down and pick them up. You ever, you ever heard the music or the musicians quote about that? What is it? 
It's uh, I'm gonna fuck it up. I know I'm gonna mess this up. But all my friends now are, are that's that's my circle now. Besides for like coming to hang out with y'all, all I hang out is with people that are dreamers. But one thing that they all say constantly that your loudest booze come from the worst seats in the house. The people that are in the back row, the people who only came just to come, got the worst ticket in the house. They're going to be booing you the loudest because they're just coming to see you fail. The people in the front row, the ones that spent their hard-earned dollars, spent everything to see you on that stage are the ones that's going to be cheering for you the loudest. And it's never the people you grew up with. It's never the people that wanted to see you grow that is sitting in that front seat. They're in the back row talking shit. And that's where they belong. They want to pull. You, they want you to stay on the same level as them. Yeah, they want you to. They want to bring you back, fucking down, dude. That's cool. Um, so what I have is it's called climbing a mountain. Yeah. Um, um, Billy Merritt and I was talking about this on his podcast about four years ago. Um, when you're at the bottom of the mountain, you're here with all your friends, the people you went to school with, the people you grew up with, and one day you decide you want to climb the mountain. You start climbing up, you get a little ways up, they can still see you. And they start saying, hey, come back down here. Oh, you just like us. Fuck that. You don't want to do this. You don't want to, oh, that looks, that's too high. Come back down here with us. Well, if you decide to keep going, eventually you can't see down and you can't see up. They say the top is lonely, right? Yeah. Well, the top isn't lonely. The climb is lonely. There's a bunch of people up top. You just got to get there. Yeah. And what happens is, is when you get up to that, that you start getting to that next level, people look down and see you and they'll say, oh, hey, dude, there, there's somebody right there. Let's give him a ladder. Let's, let's give him these books to read. Let's give him this whatever to pay attention to and then see what he does. Yeah. And then you start learning, you start growing and they say, yeah, he's one of us. Well, it's, it's, and now you're on that next level yeah. and it, then you got to do it again. It's, and re again. It's, it's rebuilding your tribe. It's that, that's something I'm learning about now is there's people from here that I, I used to love to death, man. Like they used to be my boys. They used to be my best friends. And I had a circle like that was my circle. Cobb is the only one besides Cody Wiggins now that uh, I'm still like real good friends with. And I got some friends that have came along in the past five or six years that I'm getting real comfortable with. Um, I love them like Chuck, Chuck and all those guys. Uh, but I'm retooling my circle and my tribe to where it's no longer, it's no longer what I thought it used to be. Cause you're right. Like reason I come tonight or just, you know, have be around y'all is cause what you just said is if somebody's right here next to you on, on climbing up the mountain and they're going up, you guys are going up. I'm might be a little bit ahead of you when it comes to the podcast, but you're way ahead of me with business. You know, you got a great successful gym here. So, why not reach out and help the person that's a little bit lower, a little bit above you, and let's fucking grow together. Let's climb to fucking gather. Yeah. It doesn't intimidate you. It doesn't intimidate me. But there's people here that used to be in my circle. You know what I hear all the time is when I'll message somebody, like, from back in the day. And I'll be like, hey, man, you want to come to the studio and hang out or whatever? And you'll always get, like, the same reaction. Like, they either won't say nothing at all. Or they'll be like, nah, I don't want to hang out with none of your musician buddies. I don't, I don't want to hang out with any of these people. Like, why? And then, like, it finally hit me. And, like, it's two guys mainly from here that I used to, like, think the world of. And it's where, because they don't, it's not only they don't understand, is that they're fine with being at the bottom of that mountain. 
And they don't understand why I wanted to grow and why I wanted to get away from the bottom of that mountain. Yeah. And people just don't get i'm more proud of this bitch sitting next to me right now for the stuff he's doing with you i was mad at him for the longest time until uh there was a there's some people that came in to my studio crossroads recovery ministry and they were telling me like they have this uh i can't remember it's, it's f3 it's f3 it's a national organization but every morning at five o'clock these guys meet up there's like 20 of them and they do anything from just running exercising uh crossfit workouts military type workouts all this kind of stuff and it's just because they knew that the circles that they used to run in weren't good for them anymore so they wanted to find like-minded men like them so there, you, there's even an app that you can download and when you go out of town you type in where you're at and there's these organizations these guys they get together and they do these workouts and this just to build camaraderie and have people in your circle that is like-minded folks don't realize how important that is and the more you grow the more you realize you know what me and jimmy might not have known each other fucking what six months ago probably wouldn't know each other then. we're like-minded i need people like you in my circle you probably need folks like me and yours 100 you know that that's what you know I hate to say it, but fuck these small town people. Are these small minded people? Small minded. Small minded, not small town, because I still love living in a small town. Yeah. But no. That, I, that's what I was saying. I, I got sidetracked with my thought process. I got into an argument in my. It's hard to do this. Yeah. Is it okay. <laughs> my, uh, my Thanksgiving, uh, I was talking about the growth and like thinking outside the box, thinking outside that nine to five and like working for less money. I want to trade. I want to trade my money for time. I want more time. I want to be able to afford to have more time to do the things that I love and want to do. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to start building my circle big enough to where I can start letting my money make me money. Yeah, no shit. There's there's like a a cross there, and so in the four corners of the square or whatever, you got one person is you're trading your time for money. And then the next part of business is, uh, you know, you're. Anyway, I'm not getting in on that. That's yeah, I, I, that's I, the I, whole I, business. I, that's no, I know, I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, uh, I was gonna say I've been holding it because uh, we done passed it, but I found that quote. I think you were talking about. What is it? Uh, is it you can't truly call yourself peaceful unless you are capable of great violence. If you're not capable of violence, you're not peaceful. You're harmless. That's the one. That's fucking great. Peaceful. That's the that, one. That, I was that's for. great. Yeah. That is wonderful. That is I'll send that one to you too. You use both of them tonight. That I will. That one right there, uh, uh, peaceful. That's the that's the term yeah. I was looking for. I was like, what is the word? Peaceful, harmless, peaceful. It's peaceful, dude. Yeah. And um, that to me hit hard because uh, if you read like the Art of War, he talks about would you rather be a warrior in a garden or a gardener in a war? Yep. And if you're if you're not capable of great violence, you're not peaceful. You're, you're not. I, I agree. I agree. Because if you are that way too, then you create peace. I mean, like, yeah. like you, you create peace. If you're that person that sets the standard for everybody, because that's what you always got to be. Like you almost have to be the sheriff sometimes. But the person, if you, they know that you're capable of violence. You know what everybody does around you? Fucking act right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, it, it, you create peace. It's called this. It's hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. Yeah. And it, it goes in a cycle like that. And um, 
Uh, like I was talking about that on another podcast, but man, that, that thought process really changed how I treat my kids. Yeah. Uh, my kids, even though I'm capable of buying their car and capable of like giving them everything that I've never had, yeah, they still have to go and work and earn and they have to understand the dollar and understand how that this shit doesn't just come easy to me. They have to understand that shit because I don't want to create weak kids. I want my kids to to understand that value and value it and understand that I'm being hard on them because I want them to be hard. That's why it's so cool too, besides for your kids, what you're doing here. Like that that is one thing that like and when I was getting to while well, I go with Cobb, and this is it kind of wraps that brings it back full circle for me, is when I had the 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 organization come in and they were telling me about that stuff, I realized why Cobb didn't come do certain shit no more. And like it wasn't that he was turning his back on my friendship and his stuff, but he had found an outlet for all of his shit. He had found a way to help kids to get his stuff out, to stay in shape. It made sense to me. Hell, I fucking was envious. I, I really was. I was very envious that he had the outlet at one point in time. But you never thought you hear I say I was envious of you. No. You? Yeah. Uh but I was envious because you're you're teaching these kids how to not be soft. And the people that you're teaching now, regardless if they ever win an MMA fight or whatever they do, I don't know what some of your kids do. You're teaching these kids how to be strong. You're teaching these kids how to be the toughest person in the room. You know what the toughest person in the room relates to after they get out of high school? The people who own businesses, the people who run communities, the people who oversee the weak. Pe leaders. Leaders. You're making leaders here. That's why this is so important. That's why kids growing up playing sports and not getting participation trophies and stuff like that. You're creating a leader. The country that we live in, and just a generation, not in just a country, are soft as hell. Oh, the yeah. way I'm raising my daughter at 10 years old, I know by the time she's 18, she is running shit. I don't know what she's running, but she's running <laughs> shit. You're doing the same thing with these kids. Regardless if they learn how to choke somebody out or not, when you get to walk around with that confidence and you get to walk around like that, you have nothing but to be a strong leader and that, and that's what the coolest thing about your stuff is to me dude I, I that's why i got into it though is like i was always a protector like i i guess because of the way i grew up i had my family to protect and my little brother and my sister sheepdog yeah and that's what what i try to we try to do the life lessons the life values and and bam's doing an amazing job he took that program completely over yeah. i don't even do it anymore i step in every now and then when he don't have a junior coach or something to help him get me off track sometimes you're coming in like the fun coach fuck shit up and now i gotta rule him back in <laughs> he'll just look at me and i'm like yeah i fucked this up but we having fun today but uh, <laughs> still the things that they're doing and, and, say, and saying, this is the hardest fucking thing you'll ever do in your life, and these kids are doing it. Yeah, but it, on the coach's side, it's so rewarding. I have one kid, they just competed uh, a couple weeks ago, and I wasn't able to be there because only two of them that competed. Yeah, I taught him a transition to a, a, a move, a submission, two days before comp. He goes to an out-of-town competition and hits it. Two days after I told him, I'm like, and his the other the other coaches was accusing him of sandbagging, like sandbagging. Sandbagging means like uh, for the people that don't know, it's like 
you're taking somebody who's highly skilled and putting them in a lower yeah. bracket or, or like beginners bracket. Alabama just did that shit to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> They've sandbagged all fucking years. <laughs> just for this. Just for that game. <laughs> but yeah. I hope you're right. I read your post. Talking about I the Red Sox right. analogy. I think I'm right. It was yeah. a great, I think it was a great analogy. That's why, how I'm looking at it right now. Anyway. <laughs> There's no other way to look at it. <laughs> I read it too. Is it like where they lost four games and had to come back? Well, I think it's with everything in life. Like you get to a point where if you're about to, I talk, I talk a lot of deep shit on my show. Like there's, yeah. it's not always drunk, having fun. Y'all have only been there when I've been drunk, having fun, but I, I do a lot of like deep shows with people. And one of the things that I really believe in is the fact that in order to receive a blessing in life, whether you believe in God, or you just the universe, if you're spiritual, whatever it is, you almost have to break before you receive your blessing. Because if you break you don't earn your blessing, but if you'll bend and you'll take all the shit in the world and it just keeps coming and it keeps pounding on you and it just feel like you can't take no more, but you keep walking forward and you're walking by blind faith, not knowing what's around the corner, but you know, you're not fucking giving up today. It's you're going to keep battling right around the corner is your blessing. Too many people get to that breaking point when you fish, they just give in. They stop following the dream because it's too hard. Yep. As soon as somebody stops following a dream. They never go back they and lost. Get it. They lost. Mm-hmm. Same thing with so many things in this life. When it gets too hard, it's right there when you're fixing to receive your blessing. That old saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. It makes more sense the older you get because there's not anything that comes in this life easy that is worth having. Yeah, one of the things that they say, um, or one of the another quote that just fits that per- so perfectly is uh it said they say that uh, when you uh, how does this go? Damn it! I keep having brain farts and I and I, I don't know why. I was just not thinking clearly, or whatever. But basically, right you before just keep you, looking into my eyes. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> You're distracting <laughs> I, me with I your damn eyes. I Josh. can't help it. They're hypnotizing. <laughs> when you um, is that one of the things is like uh, God is preparing you. If you can't, if you're not ready for the blessing, then you'll fold. Yeah. If you're ready for the blessing, then you'll hold it on your shoulders yeah. and keep going. But that that's not the quote that I was going for, but that's still another good. one. That's no, another no, one. That's still good. It's still good. But I was going to say, I know that Jimmy told me you had to be done by a certain time. We got like 10 minutes left. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we wrap up however y'all want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll just wrap make up. Sure. What's the name of your show? It's Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. You find it on all major platforms. Top 1% in the world at about 4 million shows. Uh, I think right now we're actually listed at like 275 overall in the world. I had a, a lot. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. It don't make sense. It, none of it makes sense to me. Dude, I'm so proud of you. Like God. Seeing where you came from and knowing your story and stuff, Like I'm proud of you. And I I don't think you could have found like a better job. Like you like talk. It's, it's talk amazing. Shit. You know what? I found one that you get to drink and talk. <laughs> That's all you ever had to do. If I'd have realized that all you had to do was put a microphone in front of me and some beer or liquor and I'd be successful, I'd be full blown drunk. <laughs> I, I, I would. Uh, I'm proud of what y'all are doing because, like, I get people that reach out wanting me to help them with their show. Um, and I don't think that's what this is tonight or anything. I think that we just got a mutual respect for each other. And I, I'd like to have y'all back on soon too. It just, there's such a good conversation every time y'all come around. Uh, but like, there's some that, you know, you probably got something for Trev to fix too. 
Oh, yeah, I always got something for you to fix. I break everything that I get. I, I shouldn't be allowed anything. Like, I got to get an engineer. I'm going to break all my shit. That, that new, what, mic or camera you got coming in? Oh, yeah, Logitech. You're setting that shit up, big guy. <laughs> you just tell me what I owe you. Uh, but no, um, you know some shows, like there's people that reach out to me that I have to tell them something that is so uncomfortable. I have to tell them not necessarily don't waste your time, but how you're doing this isn't going to work. Like you have to go about this the other way. I don't set out trying to be the next Joe Rogan or Theo Vaughn. I set out to be the first Josh Terry. Do I take some of the stuff that they do and think that it's genius? Yes, that is. You have to do that. That's getting an education. Listen yeah. to these guys, you know, you'd be stupid not to listen to how these guys do stuff. But some of these people, you just kind of got to hurt her feelings sometimes, right? You're not one of those that I feel like I ever would have to hurt your feelings. I, I told you before, I think you got the opportunity with the stuff that you do that, to be big. I really do. I think your show with the way you help kids uh, and everything that you do and all the other stuff you talk about and life lessons you've learned and life lessons you can teach, you've got – Everybody's got to find their niche. You're not far from finding yours. And when you find yours, this gym and everything is just going to explode. Podcasts going to explode. It's uh, You know how many people's podcasts I've went and done that had this type of setup? How many? None. None. Besides Gabby's. Ga Gabriella. She, she was this way. But you're taking it serious. You're putting in time. You're putting in money. You're putting in the right stuff that you're supposed to only thing i'm gonna have to do is i'm gonna have to wrestle you ass you don't put out more episodes yeah, yeah i gotta get you more consistent it's gotta yeah. get you more the advice i'll give you that i know like you say you've been struggling a little bit with your back and all that kind of stuff turn it into an episode get on here and let your feelings out hey dude uh, so uh, it's so funny if i show you my notes yeah I'm going to start a road to recovery Yeah, and I'm going to do a podcast, not a podcast, but like a, I'm going to talk about my mindset today, yeah. how I'm feeling. I'm going to talk about my, I have to do physical therapy. That's going to be recorded. I'm going to, I'm going to show the, the things that I'm doing. I'm going to turn that in because they're saying it's going to take like a year before I can get back on the mat and actually train. Yeah. So um, cause I have two annular tears. I wrote that shit down yesterday cause I was crying. I was, uh, uh, Saturday, Bam Bam, Dale, Taylor, I, they all got together and threw me this, like, it was a seminar to raise money Yeah, because I, I can't afford to have the surgery that I need. Uh, the injections are like $1,500 a piece. I got to have three of those. Then I got to do the physical therapy to let the annular tears heal. Then I got to do surgery on my back. I don't have the money for that. Yeah. So I I haven't even told anybody I don't have the money. Yeah. Like I haven't said it, I don't have the money to anybody, but they they knew. Yeah. Those guys got together. There was like 40 people just raised money to help me for my first injection. And they were there. And I, I left there feeling like a new person. I've been feeling down. I've been hating life. I've been I've been really battling my my demons from my past. Like feeling like fuck. Why am I trying so hard? Why have I pushed so hard for this gym? All this shit's coming down on my shoulders. And then they got together and done that. Yeah. And I went home, and I went to sleep. I took some muscle relaxers because I hurt because I taught somebody freaking truck, and I shouldn't have been moving. 
I was hurting so bad. I took those muscle relaxers. I went to sleep. When I woke up, I picked up my, my phone. I grabbed my little pen out the bottom of it, and I was just crying. And I was writing down things like, what can I do to keep me motivated to get through this so that I can, I can start doing the things that I said I was going to do in the beginning? And that was one of the things that I come up with was I'm going to, I'm going to track my entire process, what I'm going through mentally, how on the bad days, I'm going to talk about it to everybody and let everybody know what I'm feeling. Like when I'm feeling down, like I just feel like jumping off a fucking bridge or whatever, I'm going to tell everybody about it and say, Hey, I feel this way, but here's what I'm doing today to defeat that or beat that. And I feel like that's going to move me in the right direction. It's therapy. I do, yeah. I do it all the fucking time. I'm telling you, what you got sitting in front of you is the best therapy you're going to get. It is because you're getting shit off your chest and you're getting feedback. Worst thing in this world is to feel like you're alone with your problems. Yeah, and that's how I was feeling. Yeah, it, it is. And when you realize that you got friends and you got folks care about you, that you're not alone with your problems. But, hey, you got to think of it from a listener's point of view. Somebody are listening to you when you're sharing that shit, it helps. Dude, Saturday... Saturdays were rejuvenated me. Yeah. Like I was there. I was at the bottom of that. I was, I was like, I don't know. How about, like, I, how about I make you feel shit. a little bit better? I was like, fuck this shit. And then Saturday happened. I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, all of y'all, and you can invite anybody, Saturday at the studio, December 11th, we're, uh, we're having our toy drive. This past six years, I've done a toy drive. Uh, we're going to be, I think I'm going to get here about one, two o'clock and all day long. Uh, we're going to have people dropping off toys. Some of the families that we are helping are coming by. I'd like to invite y'all to come hang out during the day. What time's the Dean Lister seminar? I don't know. I think it's that morning. Okay. Well, if y'all can come, just whenever. We'll be there We'll be there all night. Until long. We'll be there all night. But the thing I was getting to to make you feel better is, uh, I don't know why Cobb hadn't told you this, we raise money for every good thing. There's a, there's a saying that I like, it's many hands make light work. You let me know when y'all need some help with that, and uh, I'll get together. I'll put something together with you. We'll come here. I'll uh, put you on my social media and on the show telling you about you helping these kids and stuff. Share this episode that we just did of your show, and uh, there will be people that are inspired by you and will help you, and they're going to want to see you continue your journey. I'll help with that. Dude, I would I appreciate that so much. That means a lot to me. It really does. You're a good dude. Really does. You're fucking teaching leaders and you're teaching men and women how to be strong and how not to bow down and and even cop. Bitch, I owe you a lot for cop. Uh, me did, anything. He did all I'm the saying work. though, he's got more confidence. I'm more prouder of the person he is now than whenever we were going out getting fucked up. <laughs> I mean, do I miss my, my road dog sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> but but I had some fun times. He he'd get real drunk and cry, and goddamn, I get drunk and cry enough as it is. This is not enough for both of us anymore. You know, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's doing this. So, no, um, I will I will tell you this. I will help you in any way, not for you, but for what you do to these kids. Dude, that's and awesome. and that's what I think that uh I think that anybody that follows me on social media or whatever when they hear your story, and uh, and everything, I think that they would uh. I think they would clamor to you, big guy. I got to put my hat on now. I got to fucking, I headbutt people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got scars. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, dude, I appreciate it uh, for you have me on, man. I want to hear how you end the show. How do you, let's see how cool your ending is. My ending sucks. All I do is usually go, hey, man, that was Tech Talk. I appreciate you guys listening. That was Josh Tay.
Hello. And then, and then you have our goodbye. Our yeah. goodbye. And Bam Bam, Trevi Trev, Coach Jimmy. Man, y'all guys have an amazing week. Peace. That was good. That was a good episode. Dude, I think so too.